This breakout session with JJ Waters was recorded at David's Tent 2018. Why don't, why don't you just start by just, let's just like lift our heads to heaven. Say, Father, Father, I want more today. Father, I want to leave change today. Dad, I, I want to know more of your heart today. Come on, let's mean it. Father, I want to know more of your heart today. Jesus set me on fire today. God, give me your heart today. Give me a zeal for souls today, God. And would you expand my heart in love today? In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to get these guys to share and just drink and eat this up because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So get excited about this, but, but like listen to this as if it can happen in your lives. Amen? Praise God. Hey, thanks, JJ. Yeah, my name's Dan, and um, I, uh, I just love Jesus a lot, basically. And um, I love seeing Jesus do stuff in my everyday life. You know, I'm not a full-time um, kind of preaching at crusades or full-time traveling the nations or anything. I work in, I live and work in Cardiff, and uh, I spend, it's amazing, God's doing cool stuff there. I spend uh, part of my time working uh, in a uh, in a residential center for young people, for 16 to 21 year olds. Uh, and it's all kids who are just coming out of prison uh, or kids who've been kicked out of other centers for, for poor behavior. And so uh, I work there and I want to share a little bit of a testimony of what Jesus has been doing there. I want to share a testimony from uh, three weeks ago. I was working there and um, this is so fun. I love this because it was just God doing stuff every day. You know, it doesn't have to just be at David's tent. It doesn't have to just be when we're on a, like, quote-unquote missions trip. This is every day we get to see this stuff. And so I was working at the center, and uh, I was just sitting there. It was doing, I was doing a night shift. It was about 1 o'clock in the morning, so I'm just sitting there really tired. I'm thinking, I want to stir myself. I want to I um, encounter the Lord tonight. I want to be stirred with boldness and with compassion for evangelism. And so I'm just sitting there on my, on my computer um, and I'm just watching a YouTube video of Todd White doing evangelism. And, um, and I look out of the window, and outside there's all these young people. And they're all out there, and they're just sm- in the car park, just smoking drugs and uh, fighting, basically. And I'm thinking, hey, it'd be really good if I went and did some evangelism, but I think I'm going to sit in here and watch Todd White do evangelism instead. <laughs> and I feel fired up, but I don't have to do anything. But then I'm sitting there, right? Like, how often do we just sit there and just watch, like, Finger of God stuff and think, Oh, that's cool for them. But it's amazing. It's for us. And uh, I'm sitting there, and just, I just feel in my spirit, they don't know the gospel. And I just think, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? They need to know Jesus. They need to know this stuff. And I'm just sat here, like, living through someone else. And I honor Todd White, and I love him. But I want to see that in my life, you know? I want to see that fire in my own life. I'm not content just to watch someone else do it. So I go out there, and... Um, I, I don't look like these guys and I don't dress like them and I don't talk like them. I'm very unrelatable to them. But I have Jesus and they need Jesus. So I walk over there and I'm thinking, oh, I've got to think of like a really cool opener. Nope, it didn't happen. So I walk over there. I'm like, hey, do you guys know what the gospel is? <laughs> I'm like, you what? So um, I just gather them around. I'm like, right, I just got to go all in on this. So I say, who wants to see a miracle right now? Does anyone have pain in their bodies? There's about 10 of these young people there, um, all just smoking. And one of these guys says, yeah, I have pain in my, pain in my back. I've had it for, uh, for months and months and months. 
So I said, Jesus is going to hear her back right now. So I gather all these young people around and I pray. I said, in the, uh, in the name of Jesus, back be healed. This guy freaks out. He freaks out as God heals his back. Um, he starts testifying to all these other uh, young people. They don't, believe, they don't believe him. They're like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Um, and so I said, is there anyone else who's got pain right now in their bodies? Another person puts a hand up. And I said, right, well, so you know it's not about me. This guy who just got healed is going to pray for you. So I got him to pray for them, and they get healed. So it, revival breaks out in the car park at uh, 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh, later that night, um, another guy comes back who is known at the center for... Um, just limping around, basically, because he's got a really bad knee. And uh, he'd been to the hospital the day before, and they told him he'd cracked his kneecap. Um, and uh, I was feeling on a high at the time. So I'm like, hey, Jesus is going to heal your knee as he walks in. And I'm sat next to my colleague uh, who doesn't know Jesus uh, and thought that was a very inappropriate and weird thing of me to say. <laughs> but I was just rolling with it by that point. And uh, so I got to pray for this guy. Um, his knee gets instantly healed in front of my atheist colleague who does not know what to do with it. And, um, and so this was all just in one night, three weeks ago. Later, the, later that night, early in the morning, I got to talk to uh, one of the young people. I said, hey, uh, how are you doing? God healed your back earlier. How are you doing? He just said, I feel like a new man. I just feel like, I feel like a new person. And uh, that's three weeks ago, and they're still all talking about what Jesus did. So it's good. Come on. Come on, Dan. I love Dan. Um, I was driving with my wife uh, on a road trip, and um, um, just to tell you the truth, we were really struggling on this journey. We were arguing about something. It was an absolute nightmare the whole way. We couldn't have connection, and we were struggling. Um, and I was thinking, man, this, this, is, this really sucks. And it was just a really tough road, and obviously, yeah, it was just hard. And um, we pulled over at a service station, um, to, to get some fuel, and uh, she was filling up the car, and I wanted to get something to eat, and I just, there's Burger King there, so I'm just there having to order some Burger King, and I'm waiting on the counter, and I, I hear uh, someone say, is anyone, uh, like, like, he went down, someone called a name, and this guy had gone down in the far corner of the complex, and he's, he's shaking, and I thought, oh, maybe he's epileptic, or something like that, and I think his mum and his dad were with him, he was about 30, and they were with him, really big guy, six foot five or something, Islander, and he was down on the ground, and, um, and his, his mum and dad were there with him, and it was, I thought it was an epileptic thing, so I thought, okay, they, they know what to do, so it should be okay, there's about 50 to 100 people in there, and then um, I get my food, and I'm, I'm walking away, and uh, I hear like this cry of, of a father looking over his, uh, his son, and he's like, is anybody a doctor, can anybody help, because He's, he's down. And I look around. I had food in my hand. I was just licking my ice cream. And this is just honest truth. And I look around, and no one does anything. So I was like, well, I don't, I don't know what to do. Um, I think I did first aid in year seven. But I don't know what to do, so I have the Holy Spirit. That's all I have. So I run over to the body. He's on the ground. His mum looks up at me and says, he's gone. His pulse is, is stopped. He's gone. And his parents are just nearly helpless, just looking at their dead son. He's gone. And I'm just like, well, I don't know what to do either. So I just start praying over this, 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 this guy in front of me. And I don't know, I think he, something had happened. He had, he'd foamed at the mouth and he'd, he'd passed away. His face was completely blue, like, 
like blue, like 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 this kind of blue. And um, I just reached down and I started to blow into his mouth. Now I don't know why I was doing that, but that's just what I felt to do. And I was trying to get him going, and I was just praying and blowing into his mouth. And then uh, his mom goes, "Oh, so he he just went." <gasps> And came back to life right there and then in this devastation. Yeah, it's just like that. Yeah, so he's fully dead for like a, a minute or so. Um, and I definitely wasn't doing the right thing because I think he's supposed to do anyway. Um, I was just breathing through his mouth because I didn't know what to do. His, his lips were grey. He'd lost all the blood. He was he was gone, so gone. Um, and I just I just had to do something, you know. And his, his father's next to me, and we get him back, and it's a long process, and he survives. The paramedics take him away. They call me a couple of weeks later and say, he's living a healthy life. Thank you very much. Um, and just the one thing I was thinking about when I was, praying for, when I was praying about today, I just felt the Lord say, like, there's so many dead things in this world, lying dead corpses. And his lips were not very attractive to me, but are you willing to put your lips on the dead things and breathe life into them? <laughs> Are you willing to look around the world? Because I was just stopping for fuel. I wasn't on some amazing moment. I was having the worst day I've had in about a year. I couldn't even have a one-minute conversation with my wife. She wouldn't, we weren't even able to pray together on the way into that building. But it's just not about that. It's just about realizing you have the Lord and you can do something to any situation. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm a missionary from the United States. I'm just an ordinary Christian just like you. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so, I believe that signs and wonders and walking in the prophetic is Christianity 101. This is what we're all supposed to see. So, that's what I mean. I'm a believer just like you guys. I look a little bit different, but... Um, so the, uh, I've, I've, I was in London as a missionary for three years. I just got a new assignment in Northern Ireland. Since I've been over there, I've seen some signs and wonders. I was at a, a session. Um, we were, did a, a school mission. I was sitting in a conversation with a, with a young girl, and we were doing, we were doing confession. She was a, um, a teenager. And she's sitting funny in the pew. And so you know, I, said, I said, what's wrong? She says, oh, I'm deaf in that ear. And I said, I said to her, I said, right after this confession, Jesus is going to open your ear. And then I thought to myself, why did you just say that? <laughs> um, but then sure enough, I, just, I did that, you know, the regular test. I snapped and asked her to measure the, the, the deafness. She said it was deaf at, at level nine, 10 being most deaf, a completely deaf. She said she was at a nine. She could just hear a very little snap. Prayed for her. Jesus opened the ear. I was more surprised than she was. <laughs> I forgot to tell her that it's important to give testimony and thanks if you want to see God do it again. But next thing I know, she was outside. She was telling all of her friends about it. So, yay, God. See you. See? The, uh, a, few, a few days later, I got home to the, we, we, have, a, we have a friary. It's, what, it's, like, it's like a monastery where five of us live. And our neighborhood's not, it's, it's got a, it's, let's say it just has a reputation. So there were some, there were some boys that were at the front of the, the friary. And, I, and I, I thought to myself, okay, these guys are probably in vandalizing our house. And, you know, we got the drop on them because we're coming in. They don't expect us to get home late. And uh, so, but as we get up, I asked them, I said, you know, so what are you guys up to? And, uh, and there, there are two guys, and they said, oh, we just came. We wanted to make a confession. They wanted to get right with the Lord. I was like, okay, lesson learned. And, uh, 
so, so then, then I was praying with one of those boys for the confession, and he was lean and funny again, the very same thing. And I said, I said what's wrong? And he said, he said I'm deaf in this ear. My ear, eardrum just exploded. And I said, I said after this confession, Jesus is going to open your ear. Now I had a little bit more boldness. And, and thank God, he was faithful in that moment too, opened it. So I saw two deaf ears open up. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Guys, can we get a little bit wild in this place? Because trust me, when you get wild, Jesus, Jesus. I'm like, I'm like, did they hear the same testimony I just heard? Like people getting raised from the dead, deaf ears. Like this is the, this is the acts happening. And like when we just get wild and we go, Jesus, yes. He just goes, yeah, and you're going to do it again. Do you know what? Who knows we are called for such a time as this. Do you know what? It's not just about people sitting up here. It's about everybody sitting here because we got the same spirit what rose Jesus Christ from the dead living on the inside of us. We are children of the Most High God and it's our portion. Signs and followers will follow who? Us. It's us. It's us. So do you know what? I'm just, you know what? We was in Edinburgh last weekend and we just did 60 hours of continuous worship. And you know what? When you worship, when we do what we do here, we change atmospheres. We change the things over this kingdom. We are changing the atmosphere over the UK right now from what we're doing. And we was up in Edinburgh and we was up there for 60 hours continuously worshiping. And then we went out on the street in Fringe. And they say Fringe is a really dark place. Well, I'll tell you what happened. We was out for two and a half hours hours we ministered to over 300 people we had queues of people wanting prophetic words wanting words from God because we changed the atmosphere we saw 25 people at least 25 people healed from different attributes on their lives right we saw salvations we saw heaven invade earth and this is our portion this is who we're called to be do you know what we've done burns all around the uk and we stepped out into the darkest places in the in the communities and people have gone oh well, it's been always been really hard here but who knows when we worship when we lift up jesus we raise him above everything else man strongholds come tumbling down and man we stepped we stepped into Brighton, one of the burns, a brand new burn in Brighton, taking out people who had not stepped out before. We step out, we go into a skate park. And we walk into the skate park, and literally the first, this guy come up to me, and he's going, yo, mate, do you want some drugs? And I don't know what it is about me, because they always want to sell me drugs, or they think I'm selling drugs. And I went, no, mate, I've got not, I don't want drugs. I've got something so much better than that. And he's like, really, what is it? And I've gone, well, let me tell you. And man, God just gave me such prophetic words over this guy's life. And it just read his mouth. And within about 10 minutes, he'd given his life to Jesus. Man, this... This is the God we serve. And it's not because I'm special. It's because he's special and he's living on the inside of me. Man, this is who we are called to be. Man, we are going to see this kingdom transformed. Not because I'm special, but because he's special. And he wants to see this kingdom transformed for him. Man, we was in... Man. In a Fulton, so we did this burning Fulton Heath, right? So I love going out from a place of worship and then taking out his gospel. Because who knows, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. Because you've already brought down the principalities and strongholds, right? And it's almost like, man, they might as well just give up because they're going to get saved anyway. So we've gone out and we've walked into, and it's like nine o'clock at night and it's dark and whatever. And we've walked into this barber shop. And uh, so there's all people getting their haircuts and, you know, whatever. And we just walk in and the guy goes, 
I walk up to the owner of the shop. Man, we're, G- we're Christians and man, Jesus loves you. And can we just pray for you? Pray. And I went, yeah, go on in. So we're, that, and we're kneeling down and we're praying for people as they're getting their haircuts. And people are getting healed as they're getting their haircuts. I mean, I don't know whether he charged them extra for that one. But it was, you know, and God just moved in this place. It's who we are called to be. People get excited. It's not about the people that sit up here. It's about the person that lives in here. And it's the Holy Spirit and he's part of us. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Do you know what? I I really felt this year, like last year we shared a bunch of stories um, from refugee camps and places around the world. I really felt like sharing stories from normal life. From driving along the road and pulling into car parks, from from you know from from going just just to Edinburgh, just you know a four-hour train train ride away. Why? Because God wants to use our normal lives. He wants to use our little lives. We're going to give you a bunch of mission trips you can go on, and I am stoked. And um, 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 we have some amazing partners here that were long-term mission organisations. But it's a it's about our everyday life, and it's just about surrendering to Jesus. And as 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 one of the guys said. This is normal Christianity. This isn't even just normal Christianity. I don't think we're scraping the surface yet. Jesus said, preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons, cleanse lepers, and raise the dead. That's our foundation. That's not being a super Christian. That's what he said to the disciples before they knew what to do. Preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons, cleanse lepers, and raise the dead. Before you really know what you're doing. Like these guys, we're, you know, like, like honestly, we just, our heart is to show that we're just normal guys. But like, I feel like today just giving permission to British people to be wild and to unlock the cage of the gospel and Christ who's in you and just start doing things that we were always meant to do. Your life's not your own. If you're a follower of Jesus here, you've died. Your reputation died on a cross. Your fear died on a cross. The other thing that I've started learning, though, about people, I've been really praying about this one, whether to share it, it's, and it's not very comfortable in some bits of the church right now, but the people that I see, like these brothers, men of God, friends of mine, one of the things as well, and they might not share, is they have a revelation of eternity. I remember when I once asked Luke to pray for me, and he said, are you sure you, are you, sure you want it? If you really, really want the Father to break your heart for the lost, you've got to be prepared to weep for souls. And I know we don't have time to share it right now, but part of my, my testimony is, is, is being faced with death close to me and asking the Lord, where is that loved one right now? Church, heaven and hell are very real. Really, really real. Heck, I, I don't even care if hell's not real. Just people not getting to heaven is bad enough. Eternity, not in the presence of that. What the heck are we doing? Why aren't we telling them all? I'm preaching to myself, but like, you know, so, sometimes I think we get, we get so wrapped up in the gospel of me. I'm like, thank goodness Jesus didn't, didn't look for like enough words of affirmation before he went to the cross. Not today, Dad. I, I, I didn't get enough physical touch. Some of you get me. 
You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, the gospel's about, you know, how much love I receive from you. No, it's not. It's about denying yourself, taking up your cross and following Jesus. And it's the greatest adventure ever. Because by the way, when you know you're loved by him, you don't need it from anyone else. Come on, Jesus. Would you just wreck our hearts? Here's the theology for this. Are you ready? This is my absolute favorite. But when the Pharisees heard that he, Jesus, had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So you've got this teacher, this lawyer, he's coming up to test Jesus, right? It says he's trying to catch Jesus out. So what does he do? Of, of, all, the, of all the possible laws, how, 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 how many commandments does he ask Jesus for? It's not a trick question. Come on, you're allowed, you're allowed to talk to me. I know I'm like shouting at you a little bit like. I, I love you, by the way. How many does he ask for? What is the greatest commandment? I don't know. Just, there's no S on the end. How many does Jesus give him? You see, that was never meant to be separated from this. God says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your might. I've jokingly said this a few times. I might have even said it. Last time, I, you know, my, my Greek scholarly abilities excel myself in this. I once looked up the Greek word for all. Do you know what it means? Very good. <laughs> you were here last year. But really, like, but, but, that's, but that's a big call. I challenge you when you next go in there, search your heart whether you're giving all. Because probably when you're chatting with your friend and the glory of God might come, it might not be all. I love you. I, I don't care if you like me, but I love you. But really, and the Lord showed me in worship things, church, that there is a measure of his glory that he is not able to pour out unless our hearts are so postured in all that our emotions. David used to say I, 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 he would speak to his emotions. He'd speak to his soul. And I, when, I, when I ran a burn in Norwich, I used to basically, like I, I'm a nice guy, but like I used to basically ban conversations in the sanctuary. Why? Because I know what happens in the Bible when the glory of God comes. People can't talk. They're prostrate. The fear of the Lord. Heck, some of the old prophets were like sick for three weeks. And we think if we're having a little chat, we're going to get the full measure of the glory of God. So it's all our hearts. It's all our soul. But then the second is just like it. See, worship and prayer was always meant to be married with evangelism. Always. And I tell you why, because it's in the presence of the Father, it's in the presence of a love that we don't deserve, that we understand that he loves them as well. Oh man, I, I, I have wild encounters in there and I love it, but that it's, it's so good, isn't it, that it's, it's more than just for us. It's got to be. It's got to be more than just for us. 
It's not a little plaster to make us a little bit better and go back to the rest of your year. No, it's, an, it's, a, it's a river of love that we're meant to be reminded actually flows through us 24-7 that we might be a conduit of love, healing, deliverance, salvation, even power to raise the dead every day. But we just get reminded of it in there. And this is the word I really felt to share for like the British church, so to speak. This is for us. I'll tell you what I mean by that. Beginning of this week, I was in Ireland. And I went to Bangor Abbey. Where at a, at a minimum, they estimate there was non-stop prayer and worship. So that, for 300 years. Minimum. What's crazy is, I, my, my, my scholarly research, looked it up on Wikipedia. It's called Laos Perennis. Get this. They would have 24 choirs a day rotating for 300 years. Bangor Abbey on 500 AD. Back then, as, as Luke does remind me, there was one church. It was the Catholic Church. 24 choirs just rotating, giving glory to God. But do you know what then happened? Because of that constant adoration, they got so Touched by the love of God that people just started going to the nations from Ireland, from our British Isles, just going, 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 going. So much that that place, Little Bangor Abbey, trust me, it is not a fancy place like the, the tour guides were like, oh, do you want to probably go and see where the Titanic's made? It's like, we we're like, no, we just actually want to go where the monks used to start. It was like this really grotty kind of bit of the graveyard, but just to soak up the place where monks used to stand in the river, the cold river, to keep themselves awake while they prayed. Would God raise up a remnant that might do that, that the British Isles would be known as the light of the world again? Would even two or three in this room tonight take the mantle for, for night and day worship that your city would start releasing evangelists and missionaries all over the world? It doesn't take many, I promise you. Read the Bible. So this place is called the light of the world. But let me also remind you, do you know it was two American friends of mine and by the way, if there's any like cynics here towards what America carries, I want to challenge you to repent. Ha <laughs> ha, love you. Skepticism is fine, cynicism is of the devil. Um, I mean that, think about it. It was two American friends of mine that when they came to this country, I remember picking up this revivalist from the airport. First thing, where's Wesley buried? I don't, it, was, it, was, it was Charlie. Where's Wesley buried? It was an American that stirred me for what is in our land. Some of the great, Wigglesworth, dead babies, bang, up they rose. Church, we haven't seen nothing yet. Do not tell me, but you're British. No, you're Christian. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Here's the other thing, hallelujah. More Lord. Yeah, that's the child of a revivalist. <laughs> These guys are just blazing in Brussels. Babies that are brought up with the anointing respond to the anointing. Amen. Why don't you just stretch your hands at these two and say, Father, would you bless this family with an even greater measure of glory? Pour out on Brussels, Lord. I just thank you that they're going to have many children of revival. 
your own children and many others will come to you and you will raise them up and disciple them things in the way of a revival lifestyle to see Brussels saved in Jesus' name. Come on. Here's the, here's the last thing I, I want to share with you before we're going to give you some mission opportunities and ask the Father Holy Spirit to mess us up good. Is that okay? Hallelujah. Uh, yeah. Could you just come up here, please? <laughs> no, you're good. Here's the thing. <laughs> I, was, I was chatting to someone, and, 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 and bless it, this is no criticism to this person. And they were saying, yeah, I loved your session last year. It was cool. It was great hearing about the miracles. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Glory. They said, loved hearing about the miracles. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> It's not, they said, it's not for me, but I loved hearing the stories. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> do you know, I, I actually, do you know, I actually, yeah, amen. <laughs> I actually feel this is a word for the Lord. <laughs> amen. <laughs> I believe that you can, this is, I mean, uh, yeah, amen. <laughs> God, we just receive your joy right now. And you see, <laughs> people want the gospel. Amen. People want the gospel, but they also want joy. And I'm telling you, he's releasing happy evangelists. You see, when they asked for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it set them on fire and it set them, Amen. <laughs> And it, it was a baptism of boldness, but it was also a baptism of joy. Because in joy, you can... Anyway, I'm, I'm just... I can't just... Dear Lord, help me finish. Ah, Jesus. Amen. Okay. I'm going to keep going. So here's the thing. This is for all of you. This is for every single one of you. This is not a listening session. This is not a like nice story session. This is an impartation session. Because the Bible isn't a storybook, it's a guidebook. You know? And, 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 and for, as far as I read, Jesus didn't send out 11. He sent out all 12. So we do that, right? And just as you guys know, this, David's tent is for everyone, amen? Like worshipping God with all our souls, all our heart and all our might, just going back to the great commandment. That's not just for us. We all know, don't we? We've been in there when the presence of God comes. We know, wow, God wants this for everyone. He wants, he wants worship for everyone. But I tell you, he wants evangelism for everyone as well. A demonic lie has crept in that is not in the Bible that says some, some do the works of evangelists. It's not in the Bible. The second greatest thing you will ever do is to love your neighbour as yourself. As far as I've read in the story of the Samaritan, your neighbor is anyone and everyone that God brings in your path that needs the hope of glory, which is most people in the United Kingdom. Because last time I checked, it's not a very saved nation. Europe is currently the most, most unreached continent. He didn't send out even 71. All 72 he sent out. They came back, they were like, we got it wrong, we messed up. He's like, okay, fast and pray some more before you go next time. And it's about, it's about the, here's the link. 
When we spend time in there, it's about having an encounter with a father's heart. Guys, evangelism is just about giving him away. It's about being so, evangelism is just the overflow of worship where we realize he's so good that we can't help but love them. But this is what I just want to finish on before I, I want to share some amazing mission opportunities. It takes decision. It takes saying yes. It takes saying yes, I'm going to do this. I remember the very first David's tent. Like, like the Holy Spirit is fire, but he's also a gentleman. And he's not going to force you to lay down your life. But I remember the very first David's tent. I was like, God, I want you to just start using me radically every single day. And I went to a little training session on prophetic evangelism. Really simple. Amen. Who can stop the Lord? And I just, and they just, just taught us how, if you can hear the voice of God, who, who knows God in this place? If, if you don't, I need to see you right away. Should be every single hand. And who's, a, and, who, and who's able to talk to people? Okay, you're all prophetic evangelists. But I just made a decision at the end of that thing. And they said, why don't you set yourself a goal? And I set myself a goal to prophesy over one stranger every single day. And I had a little black notebook. And trust me, I got it wrong so many times. But that's part of it. Because my life's not my own. I'm a fool for Christ. And just, but, but the momentum started building. And I just, I made a decision. I made a decision saying, God, my life is yours and I'm going to step out. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to share some incredible opportunities and then we're going to pray. I want to, I'd love to just pray right now, but what's so exciting is that even more than last year, where God did so much, but we actually didn't have a a, a vessel for all, all you fiery people. This year we've been working really hard to have ways and outlets that you can get involved. So you up for hearing some of these? Okay, come on. So the first thing, the first thing is you want to do it, you want to do it on your backyard. You want to do it in the streets, but you don't know how. Right? You want to you want to do it. This is Lee Gator. He is the Burn UK outreach uh, leader and equipper. Specifically through Burns, but generally like I I I'm commissioning this guy to go train people in prophetic evangelism. And so if you want that, come find him afterwards. Second thing, I'm just going to start zipping through this. You can write them down if you want. Second thing, these guys in Brussels over there. We're going over on the 22nd to the 24th of November. But they also need long-term missionaries. A third of Brussels is Muslim now. And they need people. Next thing, Edinburgh. Come next year. We do a 60-hour burn. And then we hit the streets, see hundreds of people encounter Jesus. All of, all of this in the burn booklet, but Bahrain. We're going to go into the heart of the Arab Gulf. We're going to worship for 50 hours. And then we're going to worship in the parks and see Jesus meet Muslims. We're going to, Lee's going to take a team to Burma and Thailand in October 29. We're going to worship on rubbish dumps. We're going to, we're going to work with street kids and do crazy evangelism. I want to, there's a couple of amazing guys over there at the back. Just wave your hands. They're from Frontiers, an incredible long-term mission organization. If you, if you feel stirred for long-term missions, which by the way, we need. We need people that will give their lives long-term. I want you to go talk to them. We're also partnering with short-term trips into unreached cities in Turkey, taking short-term prayer teams. I want you to go speak to George, this guy. If you feel stirred, there's a power and love conference with Todd White in November. We're going to massive equipping and then hitting the streets.
We've got lighter candle. Where's, there's, a, there's a thing in the community tent for lighter candle. Long-term burn stuff in northern Iraq. And the final thing I wanted to mention is we're going to have a worship rave night. Um, so DJ worship rave in a church in Brixton on October the 6th. Do you guys want to stand up? This is, what I, I, this is what I feel the Father. I just feel the, word, I feel the Lord saying it's decision time. I feel the Lord saying it's decision time. Because you can be saved but not having given the Lord permission to totally use your whole life. Isaiah was face to face before God. Face to face before God. Face to face before God and God said, whom shall I send? Imagine. Being face to face before God, he says, whom shall I send? He wasn't looking for Isaiah's attention. He needed to hear his yes. And I just strongly feel, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I, really, I really strongly feel like, like the Lord's saying it's decision time. Practically, you can go find these people and get plugged in. But before that, I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to touch and set a fire, like a seal on your heart for just the, the, to use your life. Jesus, Jesus, come, 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 come. Come, 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 come. Holy Spirit, would you just start speaking to hearts? Would you start speaking to hearts? Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to this podcast. For more information about David's Tent and how you can get involved, check out davidstent.net.